Today's episode of GM Street is brought to you by SeatGeek. It is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, all you have to do is use the promo code RINGERNFL, download the SeatGeek app, or go right to SeatGeek.com now. Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. It is Sunday night, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to Disney World. They are the world champions, and I'm joined by Mike Lombardi. Lombardi, how are you doing? I, I'm good. We, you know, we were giving them a lot of a lot of uh, stuff all year about planning the parade route. Well, now it's come true. The parade is going to happen on Broad Street. I mean, congratulations! It was a great game. They deserved it. They played exactly kind of how I thought they would play. They continue to convert thirds and sixths at an astronomical rate. They just make those plays, and it was a great game. And New England, really, at the end of the day, Tate Frazier had no answer at all for the Philadelphia offense. And we talked about it leading in on Friday Focus before the game. We said, what did the Eagles do and what does Doug Peterson do? They play left-handed and they are aggressive and they're always on the attack. And the things that you had to watch out for is when they got conservative is when they got away from who they were as an Eagles team. We saw it against the Seahawks and they've gotten back on the horse, the Rams, and ever since then they've been rolling. And tonight they did it again. And, and, And I think this is a little misconstrued because people will view this game as the turnover takeaway battle was even that mm-hmm. Philadelphia committed one turnover and New England committed one turnover. Not really the case, okay? Philly won the turnover takeaway battle plus two. The missed field goal is a turnover. I don't care what stats you look at, how you play it. It's a missed – that's a turnover. They turned that ball over. And then on when they went for it on fourth down and they didn't make the fourth and down play, the play right – the play after the Brady pass play that it was overthrown – that's a turnover. So there's two times that they had the ball. They turned it back to the Eagles without punting. Remember what I said at the beginning of the uh, on Friday. I said this: the the Patriots can't lose this game punting. They can lose the game turning it over. And those three turnovers were the difference in the game, along with all these other things we're going to talk about later. But to me, that was the essence of the game. And it was very uncharacteristic of the New England Patriots when we started this game. And we're, we're, we're going to jump to one specific play, and then we're going to work our way back uh, throughout the whole game and how it all kind of played out. But I want to talk about the missed field goal. So Goskowski is a guy that's dependable. No no one ever thinks about Stephen Goskowski having to miss and that being an issue with this team. But early on, we have the missed field goal. We hit the upright if you had that prop bet. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm sure it, Cousin it, Sal had it. I know he, <laughs> he had to have it. Did, I mean, I, you did. know, did Pink go two two minutes or under? Over? The under. She was under. Yes. Wow. Cousin Sal uh, recorded it live as soon as she started. It starts on the first word. It doesn't oh, okay. start when the music plays. Okay. Uh, Thank that, you that's for what clar- I learned today. Thank you for clarifying that. And then Peyton Manning was only in one commercial. I would have lost that bet. What commercial was he in? I thought he, we you, had were, you were you were looking at your computer. He was in. I don't even know what it was. And then, of course, Eli, Eli, and, yes. and Ferris Bueller were in. Because God knows, I mean, why wouldn't we have mm-hmm. a commercial mm-hmm. for a giant? What were they? Three and thirteen. Yes. Have two of their marquee players in a commercial. Well, they're makes, coming back. It makes sense. Pat Shermer and the Giants are coming a- back. A- anyway, I, I think when you look at this game, I think the Patriots, because they could never get off the field on third and six or more, mm-hmm. never got control of the game. They never could get control of the game. They were never out of the game. But they could never get control. And I think what you talked about, the special teams, to me, this is an area that New England always dominates against most teams they play. Today, their special teams lost the battle. You know, even at the end of the game when they tried that kind of end around, the kind of different play, the mm-hmm. Eagles were ready for it. Deion I, Lewis throwing it back to, to Burkhead. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty clear that the Eagles won that phase. And the Eagles' offense dominated the Patriots' 
defense. They won that phase. So they've won two of the three phases. You're going to win the game. And they made one play on defense for Tom Brady, which, let me say this, I mean, it's an incredible win for Philadelphia. I mean, it's great for the city. It's going to be unbelievable. There will be, I live in Ocean City, and I would probably say there's going to be 3,000 Eagle flags within a 10-block <laughs> radius of my house, right? Good. I'm going to, I'm, I've, I told Millie that we may have to sell the house. I, I don't know if I could really deal with it, but uh, you'll uh, probably get tired of the chance. The, the entire Barry family lives next door to us. Uh-huh. They wear every Eagle gar, every Eagle flyer, Sixers, mm-hmm. Villanova. I mean, they're, they're, it's just going to be brutal. But I, I'll handle it. It was a great game. I, I really enjoyed it because I thought it went the way, you know, we talked about it right after they beat Minnesota. I said it was a horrible matchup for the Patriots, and, and I think it proved out to be right. And we're going to talk about that matchup and the, the buzzword of the day, and we heard it probably 15 times during the broadcast, was RPO. It's all Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels wanted to bring up and what the Eagles were doing. But the mismatches that they had on that Patriots defense, it was almost a 7-on-7 seven seven game at one point. It was just back and forth. Yeah. And you, you compared it to tennis. It was trying to hold serve. Yeah, it was. And I, and I think the RPOs are great. You can talk about that all you want. But mm. the reality of the RPOs, what that highlighted was the lack of athleticism in the Patriots' back end, especially at linebacker. And covering the width of the field was really a problem for them, which is what we talked about. You have to cover the width, and you have to defend the middle of the field. They weren't fast enough on defense. Look, the Patriots played three playoff games. You know, they got that one turnover against Nick Foles, but that was almost, you know, that was almost a great catch by Alshon Jeffrey. So, you know, their speed on defense was always a concern going into this game. And they did not play a typical Patriot game. They didn't win third and six or more. They mm-hmm. had to do that. They didn't win the turnover take a battle. They didn't do that. They didn't play really good on red zone third down. They didn't do that. They knew all the trick plays were coming. You know, this really was almost reminiscent of a Big 12 game. You know, Oklahoma playing Texas Tech. Actually, we the, the Nick Foles touchdown pass, we saw that. Oklahoma ran that against, uh, I think they Oklahoma ran it in, their, in the Rose Bowl, right? Yep, I know Clemson Georgia. ran it with Taj Boyd years ago. I mean, that play is go- great call. Not, I mean, awesome call. The right call, because I think Peterson knew three points were, were really not relevant. And we, you were talking about the trick plays, so I don't talk about the two trick plays in this game. One did work out, and one did not work out, and they were both on fourth down. The 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 one that did work out was the one you just mentioned with the Eagles when Clement gets the ball, tosses it back to our boy Trey Burton, who yep. we pointed out may throw a pass in this game. Yep. Former quarterback at the University of Florida, Tim Tebow, uh, Acrolyte or whatever it is, uh, he throws a touchdown uh, to Nick Foles. Nick Foles makes the catch, and that was a gutsy call from Doug Peterson because on fourth down there, you're thinking they may even try to draw him off sides or something, but right. instead they make this unbelievable call and they get the touchdown. It's a great single wing play. It, it was different than Oklahoma because in this sense Mayfield didn't have to hand the ball off right so what happens is because he motioned out now some people think the receiver was lined up off field and didn't cover up the tackle I couldn't really tell that I thought he did but what happened what happens is by him motioning out okay now all of a sudden he's still the quarterback but there's nobody in the defense that has him you know like so what happens is I got 81, you got 82, I got 15. You know, that's everybody's calling out, I got. But when the quarterback's not the quarterback, nobody has them. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the magic Unless of the play. Unless you have a QB spy. Unless and you have no a QB. One's spying and they Nick weren't Foles. spying that play. Yes. When they moved in, they thought they were going to get some inside run. Now, you know, really what should have happened, New England probably could have, could have called timeout. But, I mean, look, Philly won that game because New England never could get control from the first third and twelve. They couldn't get control of the game, and it proved to be it proved to be their downfall. And it was like they didn't have an answer. They wanted to play zone. They wanted to play man. Look, we 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 started this out. We really didn't cover the Malcolm Butler thing. You know, Malcolm Butler didn't play. Would that have made a difference? I don't know. You got to believe Malcolm Butler 
did something last night, whether he missed a curfew, whether he did something that caused this to happen. Because if Malcolm Butler was going to play a limited amount and and Johnson Batamosi ended up playing in the game, and he was in there quite a bit, it was because he did something that that motivated this action. And we saw Butler a couple times on the sideline where, you know, he's visibly upset. At least before the game, we saw that he was visibly upset. So that was a whole separate storyline. I want to talk about another guy in the secondary that really stepped up a little bit for the Patriots. Early in this game, Alshon Jeffrey, he scores the first touchdown, a long pass from Foles that sort of set the tone for them. And then he has another great catch on a wheel route that's, you know, basically the kryptonite for the Patriots defense. But Gilmore gets matched up to him late in that game and pretty much shuts him down in the second half. But then other guys. Yeah, Aguilar started making plays and then Torrey, Torrey Smith caught the ball. I thought the Eagles did a remarkable job of not dropping. The Eagles typically last year dropped a lot of passes. This year they they caught the ball much better. You know, Mike Rowe, the receiver coach, they did a really good job of of catching the ball much better this year. But I, I think when you break down this, what, what happened in New England was they could never get any way to stabilize the de- their defense. They they couldn't play coverage. They couldn't play the inside run. And look. Big plays was the downfall. All right, we knew knew we knew Philadelphia was a big play offense. We know that they have a lot of third and sixes. They're seventh in the league, but they convert them. And what happened in the first half? Rose got the guy covered. Can't make a play on the ball. Jeffrey's touchdown. You know, and so they could never get it handled, and there was never really an answer. I mean, I don't think. To be honest with you, Tate Frazier, I'm not sure that that Nick Foles really. I mean, I've seen him get hit a couple times in the game, but he was never really rushed. To like you said, oh my gosh, he's got to get rid of the ball. I never did. I mean, at the and really, this is why the Patriots. If the Patriots can't get control of the game with their offense. They never get control of the game with their defense. And we were talking about it up front for the Patriots. I mean, Malcolm Brown was a guy that they were trying to get some sort of leverage on the inside to get a pass rush up the middle to give some sort of problems to Nick Foles. And, 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 and until the end of the game, we, there were no sacks in this game. They put Trey Flowers in there. They covered him up over Kelsey. They couldn't get anything. They went to that odd look, and then mm-hmm. and then and then they ran the ball in third and six. I mean, they played chess very well with New England, and New England didn't have an answer because New England could never get off the field. I mean, when you, I think they were ten for fourteen on third down in this game again. Or 10 for 16, whatever they were. And the last, the last third down, they basically ran it for the field goal. So, look, look, they played it exactly. Look, if you were a Philadelphia fan and you gave them the ball back, Tom Brady the ball back with 2.20 to go in the game, you're thinking you're going to lose the game. And their defense made the one play they had to made at the right time. And New England had to play perfectly, and they didn't do it. And let's talk about the setup. So we get to halftime. They have the the Trey Burton touchdown, the, the trick play to Nick Foles. So we go 22-12 to 12 in the half. The Patriots deferred the kickoff. They get the ball to start the second half. And, you know, you were talking about you listen to Philadelphia radio coming in, and they, they seem to be set on the fact that, hey, three and out, we get the ball back, we score a touchdown, we seal this game up. But Tom Brady and the Patriots come down two minutes, 15 seconds, and score a touchdown. Yeah, I never thought in the first half the Patriots weren't out of the game. I thought that they were their trick play didn't work. Phillies did right, mm-hmm. and they missed the field goal, and Philly made theirs. And you Tom know? Brady was wide open. If Danny could have made the pass, I mean, we were yeah, wide open. We're yeah, I mean, he, they've run that play before. That's a trick play they run before, and and it's had success. It's worked. And Tom's kind of usually just cradles the ball in, and this time he kind of just I thought he jumped too early on it. But I didn't think in the first half they were out of the game. I thought that they. I thought that they would do a better job in the second half of getting control of the game, especially on third down. You know, they get, I mean, they had, when you have over 600 yards of offense, again, here's another typical Philadelphia game. You got 600 yards of offense. That's great, right? You got 600 yards of offense. You only had the ball 26 minutes. That's Mm -hmm. remarkable. 
in terms of what you did. But the problem is you had three possessions where you didn't get anything out of. You didn't punt the whole day. You turned the ball over three times. That cost you the game. And you were saying before we went into this game, the whole aim of the Patriots, right, is to keep that Eagles defense 30 minutes on the field. Right. That was the that was the idea to heading 30. into the game. And they, they, were, they were revitalized and ready to go late in that game. And the Falcons last year, we saw them where the wear and tear on that game really got to them, especially right. when, once we got to overtime. But this Eagles defense, they kept coming. And then, of course, we see the Brandon Graham strip sack and, and the rest yeah, and of I thought history. I thought that was really – I thought that when they started that drive, I thought they would run it on the first down call and they threw it to Gronk. I thought the second down call, they should have run it to go to the two-minute warning to kind of get control of the game a little bit because what the, what, what, what New England couldn't do in that situation was score too soon either. And, and I thought at the end of that, before – Philly scored with with the Zach Ertz touchdown that yes. Collinsworth thought wasn't a catch. I mean, I don't understand that at all. Like that, that's a catch a thousand times. Like I don't even know why we spent five minutes going to that. That point be t- to me, New England started blitzing on that series because New England figured they're either gonna make a play or they're gonna get the ball or or they're gonna get the ball back because they they give up a touchdown. That's mm-hmm. really their, that was their logic on that. That worked in the Carolina game. We talked about that with, with cousin Sal. It didn't work in this game. Yeah, and you talk about the Ertz touchdown. We might as well bring it up right now. I mean, we're sitting there. We're on a third and six. The the classic Nick Foles situation. It seems like this whole Eagles offense is going to be third and six or 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 be or pass at it, and they're going to figure it out for some reason. But uh, Zach Ertz makes the catch. He dives, puts the ball across. He gets compared to the Jesse James play with the with the Steelers. Which I didn't see. Like I didn't see any of that. Like I the ball. He extended the ball out. The ball is a piece of glass. Once it touches the glass, it's over. Right. Mm-hmm. He ran with it for three steps. Like I don't even understand why it took so long to do that like it made no sense to me whatsoever but you know that you know i guess they needed more commercials to run them in there i mean i was like <laughs> i, I feel bad for roger goodell because now he's gonna have to answer this whole catch rule again especially yeah. if they overturned it it would be a, it they would could be a whole not, other but thing. i thought to be honest with you if they would have overturned the clement one i would have said i got uh-huh. it i don't agree with it but i got it but if they would have overturned the Ertz one i would have said no there's no way see to me this was again this was a game about pace and as we as the game was narrowing down neither team could get control of the pace because new england could get off the field i mean we saw new england on fourth and two they couldn't get off the field i mean how many times in the game did philly have to go for it on fourth down and they were successful mm-hmm. i mean the, the the i mean at at really, when New England goes back and watches this tape, it might be one of the worst defensive performances they've ever had. But it was a horrible matchup. They had no answer. They couldn't make them play left-handed because they played the unconventional swordsman. And you said that as we were watching the game, you were trying to to put it out there. As they're making this run when they're going down and uh, that led to the Ertz touchdown, that drive for the Eagles, you were saying at this point, you might as well just blitz them as hard as you can and just see what happens. Just throw the house at them right. and, and just see if Foles reacts in any sort right. of way. But they couldn't get any pressure up they, the middle. They, they could they couldn't do anything. I mean, look, Philly Philadelphia exploited New England in the right way. New England's slow on defense. New England has no speed on defense. They don't. They just don't. That's why they don't turn the ball over. The indicator for whether you have great speed on defense is always how many fumbles do you force. You know, it's the it's the it's the theory. You know, speed and power hits somebody and the ball comes out. And that's what New England doesn't have. They don't have speed on their defense. They don't run fast enough. And then I thought this was one of the worst tackling games New England could have ever had because all that space plays they had to make out there, they didn't make any of them. They really, you know, what looked like a three-yard game became a six-yard game. And that stuff wears on you. And this is one I I think, I mean, Philly's never going to forget this. This is a great, great win for Philadelphia. It's a great win for the city of Philadelphia. It's a great win for Doug Peterson. It's a great win for Jeffrey Lurie. I think Howie Roseman deserves great props for what he did. I think you could see all the moves. 
But I, I think more this is going to be a really heartfelt loss for New England because they lost in a game that I of all the games that they've lost, right? You could easily say the two giant games could have gone the other way. If Welker's if Brady throws the ball to Welker in the seam that he overthrows him against at the the game in Indianapolis, they win. Mm-hmm. Game's over, right? If Asante Samuel catches the out route, I know you're going to bring this up. Yeah. Okay, that's game's over. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a couple plays. And in those games, they never really didn't have control of the game, okay? Field position destroyed them. I think Steve Weatherford should have been the punter, should have been the MVP of the game, not Eli. <laughs> but then who would it be doing commercials now? Okay? <laughs> so those two losses that they had, in, at, at the, those were legitimately, you could say, it could have gone either way. This game, I just think they never had control of it. They were beaten today by a team that was their worst nightmare. And the guy that was the face of their nightmare was Nick Foles. And he just came out that he was the Super Bowl MVP. Had to be, right? Had to be. And uh, has an incredible playoff run. And uh, and, and his third down playoff run. He's 10 for 14 against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He he threw, you know, he's he only threw three incomplete passes on. I mean, it's really remarkable what he's been able to do. And this is going to carry over into the offseason. Yes, he's under contract. We know that, Eagle fans. But he's the Super Bowl MVP who's playing on a team with – one of the best young quarterbacks in all of football. Okay, that's a valuable chip to have. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. And we should say we saw Carson Wentz five times. So if you made that prop bet, congratulations, Carson Wentz was showing a lot tonight. Coming up. We knew that was going to come tonight. Uh, but now we're in a uh, in a situation where you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback on your roster that's going to come back for not so much money, and then you have Carson Wentz, who is obviously the the franchise for the Philadelphia Eagles, and you have this bargaining chip where there are going to be a lot of teams making phone calls because they want the Super Bowl MVP to be on their team next year, yeah. and that gives them leverage to to possibly turn that into draft picks or you know primetime player, whatever it is. But it, the Eagles are not just Super Bowl champions. They now have a lot of bargaining power going on. Oh, they the got offseason. a lot of them. They got a good young team. I mean, look, they got a really good young team. I mean, they pieced it together. The guys made plays. They've got them all under contract. I mean, they got a good young team, and and they added the right veteran. Pe- I mean, Blunt was outstanding today. Yep. I we thought Ajay. Yeah, Legarrette Blunt and Chris Long, those two guys that were former Patriots last year, came into this game and had impressive really performances. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, they they did exactly what they had to do. They didn't they didn't bow down to the pressure of the game. The game wasn't too big for anybody. I think too much. Too much people make too uh, too big of a deal out of out of the game getting away from it. Great players, guys who've been there before, they understand it. But but going back to New England, Tate Frazier, I, this is going to be one that's going to be a hard one for them to swallow for a long time. Josh McDaniels is going to become the head coach at Indianapolis. Patricia's going to go to Detroit. Tom Brady's going to be forty one years old. You know, there's that song, We May Never Pass This Way Again. I think that could be the case. And Tom Brady is obviously facing time, as, as we know, by his Facebook show and also by what we saw tonight when he tried to make this miraculous last-minute drive with no timeouts, 58 seconds, and he still had a Hail Mary chance to, to finally get in, uh, you know, an opportunity to go to overtime, which is incredible It's just remarkable what he did today at 40 years old against a really good defense. I mean, I think what you saw was New England basically said, we don't think you have anybody in your secondary that can cover, mm-hmm. right? And New England had no – I mean, they, when, you, when you get 600 – yards against I mean this was really a Texas Tech play in Oklahoma in a play you know this is <laughs> yes. Big 12 football all the way. yeah so but you know they you know New England's now got to figure out what they're going to do with their defense Philly made the one play 
But their secondary still, you know, I mean, to me, they've been able to get away with it because of their front, and their front made that play. And we talked about it leading into the game that that Philadelphia front seven is, you know, they call themselves underdogs. They have all year, but they've also been renowned as the number one defense, the top defense in the NFL. But they were getting no pressure on Tom Brady. I mean, they hit him a little bit early, but then they got away from that, and Gronkowski kept going, and the Patriots get the lead 33-32, to 32, and it seems like everything's rolling, and it's the perfect script to Tom Brady's, you know, sixth Super Bowl, the, 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 the right. narrative and then the perfect storyline that was going all according to plan. But Brandon Graham, when he makes the strip sack, and then you have a rookie, Derek Barnett, who's had an amazing sack earlier in the playoffs, it all comes full circle, and right. that front seven really does make the play to get the win. It, it really did, but it wasn't a front seven like the giant front seven dominated the, them mm-hmm. in both, the those JPP, games, yeah. the, both those games. I mean, those, that, 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 this was, I mean, other than that one time where Brandon Graham slides down, and that's where he's a problem over the guard. Look, people don't realize uh, uh, Cameron Fleming, the right tackle for the Patriots, is not really, you know, he needs he, help. He needs help all the time. Mm-hmm. And so the Patriots do a good job of mixing and matching and trying to help him. And they did in the game. I mean, could you imagine that the Patriots gained 600 yards? We never really heard Fletcher Cox. Now, Collinsworth mentioned him on a couple of run plays where he made a f- tackle for four. But for the most part, his play was never in the game. I mean, they neutralized him. The Patriots lose Brandon Cooks. That didn't really affect them. But what affected the Patriots more than anything is they couldn't get control of the game with their defense. It just it was a fact. I mean, the, they forced them to punt one time in the whole entire game. You can't win like that. And you talk about that trifecta of guys. I mean, we have Bill Belichick, obviously, at the, at the top of the, the totem there. And then we have McDaniels and we have Patricia. And this was their last ride together, their last game together. And this is how it ends in, in this bitter fashion. I mean, we know how the Patriots usually react to these things. They use it as motivation to come back. But just sitting in that locker room right now, knowing that we have Tom Brady, who is going to be 41 years old. We have Bill, who's been doing it for this long. And then our two guys are leaving. I mean, just sitting on that as a in the Patriots locker room and, and with that franchise right now, if you're Robert Kraft, if you're Brady, if you're Belichick, I mean, what, what do you? How do you deal with that? I mean, obviously you have to be a, be proud of yourself for the accomplishment of getting to another Super Bowl, but still, it's yeah, tough to swallow. I, I don't know. I've been to four Super Bowls. I've won three, lost one, and when you lose one, you, you don't want to go to the party after the after mm-hmm. the game. I mean, unless you're Gronkowski, unless you're Gronk. But I mean, I don't <laughs> know if Gronk will want to go. This one's going to sting a yeah. while. I, I mean, Philly's going to have a hell of a party. They're, I mean, the town is going to go berserk. I, I mean, it. It's going to go crazy. They might tear down the Walt Whitman Bridge. I mean, you, you know, it, it could go. But when you lose these things, it you have no real. You just feel empty, and you lose the way you lost. You know, whereas I, it wasn't like you lost on a play here or a play there. You lost because your defense couldn't get control of the game. That's why you lost. Nick Foles, backup quarterback, came in, and you never harassed him. You never forced him to play would make difficult throw. He made all the throws. The throw to Clement was a great throw. The, mm-hmm. f- the throw to Jeffrey for the, those two touchdown throws, they were great throws. I mean, this guy played, you know, like people say, well, if they had had Wentz, I don't know if Wentz could play really much better. Maybe he would have run on a couple of plays that 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 Foles didn't. That but, Foles didn't, but yeah. for the most part, I don't know how much better, you know, it's like a guy, a pitcher shuts you out, pitches nine innings, give up three three hits and and no runs. And you say, well, he's not our best pitcher. Well, what would your best pitcher have given up, right? Yeah. No, he couldn't have done better. And I don't think I don't think Wentz could do better than this. It's like having Smoltz and Maddox and Glavin. You know, yeah. it's like whoever's in right now at quarterback for the Eagles seems. To I mean, be, and look, be able to deal you know, and I and and I've apologized to Peterson and I, I've admitted I was wrong, but they did a great job of calling plays and keeping them so unpredictable. I mean, they went for it on fourth down. They had a couple times. A couple times. Look. 
you know, if the Eagles didn't win this game, they would go back to that third and six, third and two call where they try to run the the mm-hmm. the, the, the they stole a play Almost from the Rams. Almost was an interception. Almost was an inter. They, they run. They stole one from the Rams. And they stole another. You know, they were a bunch of plays that they kind of, but they didn't. And Foles, the play he got away with that I think might have killed Joel Solomon. Had if Harrison would have intercepted that pass and, and taken it back to the house, it might have killed. Would, yeah. We might we might have killed Joel Solomon. <laughs> would have hurt a lot of Steelers fans. I'm yes, sure. it would have absolutely. Uh, and we're just talking about time of possession in this game. And I want to talk about the Patriots and, and and what was going on with that. I mean, were they trying to elongate drives to try to keep that defense out? I mean, I know they threw the ball a lot. Even Brady on that that's second and two, he throws the first pass to Gronkowski, and then he gets sacked by Brandon Graham. You were saying that that could be an opportunity to maybe run. Yeah, the you ball need there. to run the ball there. I think they really missed that. I think I think when they go back and look at that, I mean, it was going down to the two minute warning, and I think they needed to run the ball there. And you know, and I think you know, you get into that rhythm, and you have to really kind of manage the game because. Look, let's face it. I mean, just hypothetically say, hypothetically say they would have scored a touchdown to take the the one point or two. The Eagles were going to come right back down the field again. I mean, mm-hmm. they couldn't stop them. I mean, they could never stop them. The, the thing that shocked me in this game, Tate Frazier, is neither team tried an onside kick after they scored. <laughs> like to me, I was thinking, you know, maybe you should because field position at the the, end, the Sean Payton Act. Yeah, field position didn't really matter in the game. I mean, the Patriots get the ball at their own 25. One seam pass to Gronk, they're at midfield. Yep. You, you know, it was like when you get 600 yards, does field position really matter? No. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Maybe New England would have tried an onside kick when they got up by one, you know, it, to, to see if they get the ball back. Because once you, once you could have – once if New England could have gotten the ball back – and built on the lead and made Philly play from behind, maybe it was a different game. But Philly never played. Look, Philly was the number two team in the National Football League last year in first half-point differential. They went at a half-point with another 10-point lead, okay? They beat the best team in first half-point differential at their own game. And you got to give them credit for that. A tremendous credit. I mean, it was remarkable. It really was. It really was. And uh, just talking about, uh, we are doing this live. This is a hashtag Ringer NFL. If you have any questions, please send it in to us. We'll probably read a couple of tweets here at the end. I want to do one of our favorite segments. And I know that I say everything is our favorite segment, but this is really one of our favorite segments. Guess the narratives, uh, stuff that's going to be going on this week after the Super Bowl, just sort of what the, the pulse of the nation is uh, moving forward. Well, it's got to be Nick Foles. You know, he's going to go to Disneyland. He's going to go to Disney World. I'm sorry. Go to Disney, Disney World. It's Disney World. He's Go okay. to Orlando, but maybe he can go to Anaheim and go to Disneyland too. Uh, Millie, Millie went to Disneyland with my, with my little man, and I mean they were going crazy over there. So you know, I, it, they say it's nice. I don't know. I've never been to Disneyland. Is it, have you been here? I've never been to Disneyland, you but I've been to, to Disney World. It's the magic. I've been to know? Disney World too. I yeah. would love to go there. East but anyway, so you got to think, you know, with Kirk Cousins, you know, first of all, with Kirk Cousins pending free agency, the Redskins are talking about perhaps they're going to franchise him to see if they can get cute and try to get a draft pick for him. Okay, great. See how that works out. Secondly, you know, who's the next best quarterback other than what's in the draft? And Foles playing like this, you know, to me, he's going to get some attractive offers. We think Jimmy Garoppolo, we know Jimmy's going to get signed, so he's not going to be a free agent. So I think the narrative for the week is going to be about Nick Foles, and then it's going to be, can the Eagles repeat? Can the Eagles come back and repeat? And frankly, you know, because the Eagles are so unconventional, who knows? I mean, you know, who knows? If they play like they played the way they've played their defensive line's all coming back. They're not going to lose anybody. I mean, they could easily repeat. I mean, right now, can the Cowboys beat them? Can the Giants beat them? Can the, the Redskins beat them? It would be hard to think that. Yeah, watch out for Alex Smith, though. Um, we should say, just looking at uh, the, the whole landscape with the Philadelphia Eagles right now, I mean, you do have a little bit of a situation where 
if Nick Foles is traded to somewhere else, right? And, and the Eagles come back next season and and Carson Wentz, you know, let's say, yeah, like like we're gonna get in this situation where we just traded away a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah, that's where it gets a little hair. Yeah. yeah, because you're not sure about the injury to the player, mm-hmm. right? So you don't want to be too cute here, and you don't want to get you get yourself in some kind of trouble and say th- you know and trade the guy, and then all of a sudden you know something would have happened to Brady this year and Garoppolo, you know, he's not there. So I think you got to be really careful because the one thing that makes you have great trades is say no all the time all right if you say no all the time the the ante will keep getting better for you if you honestly say no all the time it'll get better and i think that's what the eagles will do they're smart enough to know that i mean they're not going to have to worry about that this is a this is a this is a, a player that came in off the bench after his was you know i mean we could still see the jeff fisher cutting the poor guy you know and didn't want to bring him to camp I mean, this guy's been resilient. I mean, it's really remarkable. And so when you do that and you win, I mean, look what it did for Joe Flacco. Yep. It's like Shane Falco and the replacements. You know, it's got this great story. <laughs> it all worked out. Um, I want to say one thing for the narratives. I know that, uh, you know, Roger Goodell is out and about and he's saying that he really wants to address what a catch is. And uh, in this game, we have two huge sequences that really, you know, put the rule to test. We have the Corey Clement uh, touchdown that Chris Collinsworth said was not a touchdown. But it get, I think it, Collinsworth was 0 for – he was had an 0 He's for 0 for 2 for that. So then he has the Earth's touchdown that he and also says Can we a also touchdown. talk about an 0 for – I mean, my poor man Al, Al Michael saying that, that Patricia was going to coach the Pistons. Can you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine? SVG was upset. Could you imagine Matt Patricia in that piston huddle? Uh, I mean, could you see uh, Andre Blake Drummond Griffin and uh, Matt uh, Patricia uh, uh, yeah. and Drummond talking to him? Reggie yeah. Jackson with the pencil in his gum. with the pencil yeah. in his hat turned backwards. Yeah, I don't think it would work. I don't think you can wear a hat on a sideline at a basketball yeah, don't game. Don't you find that fascinating that coaches that when you're indoors, usually you wear a hat to block the sun, mm-hmm. or you're outside. You know, people wear hats, right? But when you're inside, do you ever see a hat on? I mean. You know, remember when Tony Sperano was Tony Serrano was at the the Vesuvio and he made that kid take his uh-huh. hat off. You know, yes. like yes. when you're inside, you don't wear a hat, right? Of course not. But when you're inside sporting events, you always wear a hat. Like everybody keeps their garb the same as if they were playing outside. Unbelievable, especially the backwards hat. I mean, that's that's the worst. Yeah, you know, my, the back, my dad would never let that happen because with the pencil and the laminator. I mean, I, I yeah. don't get, I don't get it. But look, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, look. I mean, you, you know, like I said, head coach of the Pistons, right? Head yeah. coach of the Pistons. But like I said from the beginning, you got you. You basically this game came down to we can't turn the ball over. We got to stop them on third and six, mm-hmm. and we got to play really good on third down the red zone. And the Patriots didn't do any of that. Absolutely, and uh, we'll see if we figure out what a catch rule is. But uh, no, we're never gonna figure that. We're out. never gonna figure it out. That's what I would say. And. Uh, Maybe one day we'll know if Des caught it, but not not until then. Well, uh, I mean, Des is probably sitting home saying, that, "Man, that, <laughs> I caught that ball." If they're going to give now, to me, the, to me, the Ertz thing was not even worth the discussion. Like I thought that was like, was, how many guys have you seen? Like if Ertz would have been bobbling the ball before he extended, I got it right. Mm-hmm. Okay, then it's maybe not a catch, but that was a catch. The other one, the Clement one, I thought the ball moved. Like how is Clements a touchdown and Jesse James not? That's what I wasn't sure of. And then apparently I heard that everyone was saying that based on the replay review, his toe was in, his second toe. We never saw, but, I never but saw we couldn't that. See, we never saw that close enough to see if his toe was actually in, but it did to the naked eye, to the blind eye. It looked like it was out of bounds uh, originally, but it stood and it's a touchdown and, and it and all And the Eagles out. are world champions. Absolutely. And there was a parade and you and I are uninvited. The Broad Street Bullies are going to make are it not happen. Invited. They're probably going to crack the Liberty Bell again I hope uh, at so. this rate. 
quick break to get aware from our sponsor, Proper Cloth. Finding a dress shirt that fits is hard. Something is always off. Thankfully, ordering a custom shirt has never been easier with Proper Cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom size shirt in seconds by just answering 10 simple questions. Not to mention, you can choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles. From classic to business, to completely customize your shirt and to get the complete style you want, the team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only buy fabrics that meet their high quality expectations. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. This is the future of shirts. These shirts are made completely custom for you, starting at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com NFL today and enter code NFL to save $20 off your first shirt. Do it today. Okay, back to GM Street. Um, do you want to do some awards? Yeah, I think so. We should. Why not? Why not? Uh, first up, we have time to go on the lamb. I don't know if there's anyone that really needs to go on the lamb after the Super Bowl because you just made it to the Super Bowl. But is there Yeah, anyone? but I mean, I think, look, let's face it, the Patriots defense, they're going to go on the lamb this week. I mean, you know, Matt's going to hide in Detroit. Maybe he'll find out where Jimmy Hoffa is since he's <laughs> going to go back to Detroit. I mean, look, it's going to be, you know, it, it, that's going to be one that's never real. I mean, Patricia and McDaniels both have great challenges in front of them and they both have rewards for the work that they've done in New England and it's hard to feel that sense of accomplishment two days from now when you have a press conference on Wednesday that you're the after what just happened I mean you know if you give up 350 but you give up all the yards that you did I mean if you're Indianapolis you're saying hey we just got a coach against 600 yards against you now everybody knows it's Tom Brady but a lot of those things that McDaniels did on the tape the way he the, the, the interesting thing he did in the game where he took the receivers and he moved them inside but he didn't move them until they lined up outside first after he moved the back back so he moved the back back to make them declare mm-hmm. right so and the coverage See, well no the eagles they were checking oh, yeah. it they were going to check it so then he reverted it so that what they now they were kind of like okay what are we going to do scrambling it was really a good he did it i thought he called a really good game other than that i, I would have that that that's their second down play with you know to me that was a, and i said it out loud here in the studio like you got to run it here and they threw it and that's the play that got sacked but i think the defense of the patriots i think this has got to be a rebuilding mold allen branch hasn't played he hurt his knee that hurt him inside they gave him a huge contract last offseason he's probably not going to come back i mean he didn't play to that contract earlier in the year their defensive line is really not very good they can't get any pass rush on anybody and they're slow so I think the defense is going to have to change and it's going to have to get better players over there because even though you know they say, well, we're good in the secondary. Yeah, you are, but I mean, you can't be good in the secondary when the quarterback has all day to throw. And uh, next up, we got can't tell my courage from my desperation. Is there anyone that stood out to you as courageous in this game? Yeah. We, we know in the AFC Championship game it was Danny Amendola, but uh, right in this one, who was I, it? I think Jeffrey. I think all the Eagles skill players were courageous. I think they did. A, I think the Eagles offensive line deserves this award. They did a great job. They really did. Kelsey played really well. They were going to attack Kelsey. They tried. He stood the challenge. I mean, I think they did a great job of of keeping. Foles having more time than I thought he would have. Look, the Patriots can't rush, period. End of story. They're not a great rushing team. But they had a lot more time, and he could look off some things, and he had time to do it. And I, and I thought he was – I mean, he was, Foles was sensational with his reads, and he understood it. And he had the Patriots to where they didn't have an answer. Absolutely. Uh, let's do another one. And uh, How about the Fred Palermo award? We gotta <laughs> get, now, you know, Fred lost his brother, Mike, which is a horrible thing. Mike was, 90, Mike was 93, passed away, God rest his soul. He uh, passed away last week, and, uh, and Fred's now 91. Fred still has a brother, 97. So 
three brothers in the 90s. The he Palermo just family. They're he just, just going to keep going. One. He just lost one. And my mother died well before all of them. But anyway, I would obviously the Eagles offensive staff deserves. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really the best. They, they, they had it perfectly executed. They did exactly what they had to do. They did a bunch of different things. They had them off balance. And the Eagles players, this was always a game about players, not plays. And the Eagles players were better than the Patriots players on defense by far. Absolutely. And next up, we got the KGB award. Uh, it's probably going to be the Patriots defensive staff, if I had to guess. Yeah, I would think so. I don't think they really, I, again, what we talked about, they didn't really, how do you, what are we going to do? Like, okay, what are we going to, how, how are we going to stop them? You know, well, we saw Belichick come over to the huddle with that defense a few times during the game just to try to give you, you could tell he was trying to meddle a little bit just to say what's going on here. And then he would pop back out. But it just seemed like they had no answer the entire night. They had no answer. I mean, and they couldn't make it a man game. They could. They're not fast enough to make it a zone game. I mean, they made the Eagles offense without folds, without without Wentz looked like the Rams offense. I mean, the, and back in the heyday. So this win, this win for Philly was a great win because they really had control of the game. I mean, they really did. And uh, the final one, if you don't know, now you know. That I, hey, now you know I was wrong on Doug Peterson. He obviously is Super Bowl winning coach. I mean, they were 55 to one to go to the Super Bowl this year. Think about that, Tate Frazier. Yeah. 55 to one. I, mean, I think it's the ice cream. Look, I, I mean, I was hard on the guy, but I don't think there was a lot of people that were, I know there's not a lot of people in the NFL that thought this guy was going to win a Super Bowl at any time. And he did. So hats off to him. Congratulations. And we should say, I mean, Doug Peterson, I mean, he's very unassuming guy. He doesn't like to put the spotlight on himself. And, you know, we saw that backing up Dan Marino and all these guys over the years. It just seems like he's soaked in a lot. He doesn't think a lot of him. Yeah, you know, he's, very, yeah. he's a very yeah. humble guy. And, yeah. you know, I mean, look, look, I'll tell you what he has. He has the guts to call these stuff he, he does on third down. And, you know, the fourth down call, you know, it's they, they've practiced it against Minnesota. They were ready to utilize it. And they didn't run it this week in practice, but they always had it. I mean, the one thing I give Doug Peterson a lot of credit for. He has a huge sheet, but he runs a lot of different things. Where I was always hard on Macadon was because he had this huge play sheet, but he kept running the same plays <laughs> over and over and over again. Whereas Peterson, you, you know, he's got a lot of different things. Sometimes, you know, he gets a little too cute. Sometimes he doesn't, but that's who they are. And their unpredictability is really why they're so good because you really – look, you knew it was going to be a fourth down game, right? That was another thing we talked about. Once they crossed midfield, you had to be ready to go for it on fourth down. I mean, every box the Patriots had a check – to win the game, they didn't check. That's why they lost, and that's why you got to give credit to Philadelphia. And we should give uh, credit to a guy that we've been talking about all season, and that's Jim Schwartz, and that, what he's done with that defense. And obviously, they make the play with Brandon Graham, and that's what sealed the the championship right. with that front seven. But Jim Schwartz is a guy that didn't get talked about for head coaching jobs as much as we thought at one time, but uh, he, he really has had an amazing season with this. Yeah, defense. I, I think obviously he's going to have a you know he's going to sit there and say, oh my gosh, I mean he knows that was a tough one for him to swallow. Mm -hmm. But I think the reality here is. is Look, they, you know, you're playing Tom Brady. They got a lot of weapons over there. You know, once he knows his secondary is limited and it's the liabilities, I think he would probably say, We just didn't play very good in the red zone, which they didn't. And, I, and they played good on third down. They got bailed out a couple, they got they, a couple times, they got called for holding. They played good in the red zone. They, they held the Patriots two for four in the red zone, which ends up being the difference of the game. Patriots held them two red zone wise. So I think third down, they were a little better in the first half than, 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 than they were in the second half. But look, I think Schwartz did a great job. And the one thing about that defense, when they get better guys in the secondary, which they will, they'll be even better. Um, yeah, we're going to go to a couple fan questions right now. Uh, this is from Steve Horowitz, and he asks, 
Who will be the offensive, offensive and defensive coordinators for the Pats next year? Uh, what about Spagnolio as the uh, no uh, chance defensive of coordinator? No, no, I, no I think uh, the name I saw was Greg Schiano, right? No, no, that's I don't know where that report came from. <laughs> I mean, some of these reports. I knew that was going to make you mad. That's why I, I just want to. Oh, I love out. Greg Schiano. I think Greg Schiano's a great coach. I think he wants. I mean, but a, I think you know that that was not the. I mean, that's the case. just people throw stuff out there. It's left to right. It's like you know, this is not a catch. I mean, come on, watch the game. Like, yes. like you know, like just watch the damn thing. Uh, you know, I think Brian Flores will do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, I think that's going to be the true challenge because does Dante Skarnecchia come back? I mean, he's 70 years old. Does he want to go through great a line coach. great line coach? Does he want to go through another offense coordinator? Will Chad O'Shea be the offense coordinator? You know, Chad's been in the offense a long, long time. I don't know. There's nobody out there. The problem the Patriots have is Brady's intellectual level in this offense would be at Oxford. And anybody that you would bring in to coach Brady wouldn't be at that same level. Mm-hmm. There's no young guy that has kind of gotten to that point. And Bill, typically what Bill likes to do is not name a guy a coordinator right away and let him see if he can grow into it. Like not put him out there so he's going to take a lot of heat. I think Flores will definitely get – the other one is Joe Judge. If they lose Joe Judge, who's their special teams coach, you know, the Patriots are going to have to spend some money on the coaching staff, something they've never really done. Absolutely. Uh, we're getting some more questions as we roll this out. Uh, one one name I, I don't have here, but uh, someone did send in. What do we think about Eli Manning uh, figuring out that he is now the star of the of the Manning family? We said on Friday that Peyton Manning was going to be the star of the show. He's going to be all over the I commercials. Blew that one bad. And Eli, he, he takes the stage from his brother. I mean, now you know Eli. Now you know why Eli had to come back. I mean, they already had that commercial in the thing. That's why Gettleman got the job. That's yes. why everything happened. Yes. Everything came to plan. Do you think Eli could have done? Any of that stuff on the field today? I don't think so. Well, he did, he did, it, he did it a couple times. Is Nick Foles did it? Yeah, a couple. Is Nick Foles better than Eli? Right now, today? yeah. Would you He's trade a Super Bowl Nick, winning quarterback in twenty eighteen? Would you trade Nick Foles so. for Eli? Yeah, why not? He just won the Super Bowl. We just saw him do some perfect stuff. I'm I mean, sorry, gotta, Eli. I feel like Eli's gonna be upset. I he did this whole part. His Q scores you. are up. I'm I sorry. I feel bad for Eli, Eli too, but. It just seems to me, are the Giants going to pick a quarterback, the second pick overall? Well, <laughs> they got that's Davis for, Webb. That's, that's for another out. day. Geno Smith's there, too. Uh, from another guy, Henry McKenna, at Henry McKenna, I think is his name. He says, uh, Rob Gronkowski, this is a USA Today reporter, actually. Uh, Gronkowski said he was going to reflect on his future when asked if he's considered considering ret- retiring, and he says he would not commit to returning in 2018. Uh, we've seen this with Ben Roethlisberger. We've seen this with a couple guys where they say this at the end of the year, and then yeah, they, I mean, they look, tend to come back. I mean, it's tough after a loss to have that look, question. Look, you put a microphone in front of anybody after they just lost a tough game like that i mean what could you what, would you want a microphone in front of you like were you coming it, back next year it's right you in front of me. yeah are you coming back <laughs> next year i mean like could you imagine you just went through the emotional roller coaster mm. of your life you mm. know you've given your heart and soul to the season you, you've played your guts out and you lost you lost the super bowl i mean you thought you were going to have a chance for six and then you're going to reflect on am i got another chance to ever come back again i'm losing my coordinator i'm losing the defense you know i mean tom Brady's 41 years old and Jimmy G isn't around. I mean, that's a hard one. It really is. You can't, you you can't, it's like asking an owner after a game, you know, a question. They're all irrational. Players after games, especially on tough losses like this, there's really no answer. There's no right answer. Like, don't even hold him for it. If he says he's retiring, he comes back, don't blame him. I mean, just everything that they say, don't even listen to it. Well, I'm going to ask you another question that you're going to be upset about. Jeff Keith asks us, he says, do you think Bill Belichick is coming back? And at first he just said, do you think Bill is coming back? So I thought he was talking about Bill Simmons, so I I hope Bill Simmons is coming back. Yeah, has anybody checked on Simmons? Uh, We have not, but uh, our our thoughts and prayers are with him for sure. Yes, I know. Uh, Uh, But but about Belichick, I mean, we obviously, he's at a crossroads of his career right now. He's done done a lot in football, but uh, 17 years. 
I, I will say this. I don't know that for an uh, People have speculated that he's definitely coming back. I know this. There's no one who keeps a secret better than Bill Belichick. Okay. No one knew he was going to resign for, as the HC of the NY Jets. Okay. Nobody knew that. Right. Mm-hmm. So he is going to make a decision based on what he wants to do, not based on he's talked to his friends. So I don't think anybody really knows. I think this is probably going to sting him for a long time because. You know, as he would say, we didn't deserve to win giving up that many points. I mean, he'd be the first one to tell you that, right? We didn't deserve to win giving up this many points. So with that being said, I, I can't predict one way or the other. And a lot of it will have to do with conversations in the offseason. Where are we going? What are we going to do? I mean, it's hard. I, I can remember we we were on the team plane flying back from Phoenix after we won the Super Bowl. And Bill was already working on next year's stuff. You know, Scott O'Brien was going to resign. Millie, my wife, says to me, she said, God, he's already worried about next year already. Like, there's no time off. This one might cause us some time to reflect. And this is, especially coming from the point where he's such a great defensive coach, this has got to really, really sting him. Yeah, it wasn't uh, It wasn't the, the formula that he had put in place all these years. No. It, it was sort of, uh, I mean, it's it's weird how it, it all goes back to 2001 where we have this strip play with Tom Brady that leads to, you know, the tuck rule. And the, oh, it, I remember and that, Tate Frazier. Yeah, Thanks a lot for bringing that no, up. No, but yeah. I'm saying, and then, you, and then you come full circle to this play. I mean, Great, uh, great it, point. It, great it's point. like almost this, artistic. It's, it's almost like the book. Again, this yes. is the, the you lost the Super Bowl because you got stripped. You able to go to Super Bowls because you got. I think that's really good. I think that's a really good point. And I think there's a lot of there could be, and I, I could be a great narrative. You might want to release that out as a narrative because that I could just be. Did it. I just put it here. There you go. That could be it because I think there's no doubt that that's uh, that's uh, that's something to think about. I, I don't know the Bill answer. I really don't know. I would never want to speak for Bill, but I, I think that we're getting closer towards the end than we are. He, it's not five more years. You know, I think there's no question about that. This loss is going to take some time. It's going to take some stinging out of him. And we're getting in uh, to the end here of our, our GM Street Rapid Reactions uh, Sunday Night Super Bowl show, which hurts my heart because uh, we've had such a long run here together for all these all weeks, these three Sundays. times a week. It's I mean, been a lot been of a fun. Sunday. We've been Sunday and like, I mean, we've been more than church on Sunday. You, were, you basically were church. It was yeah. the church of Lombardi this yeah. year for me. Um, was there anything else in this game, just big picture, looking back, standing back, looking at what happened in this game that really stood out to you where you're just like, this This is what Super Bowl 52, this will be what I remember when I think about this game. Well, I think a couple, the first thing I want to say is I don't want, you know, the Malcolm Butler thing is not why the Patriots lost the mm-hmm. game. I, I, I really don't want to have to hear that. If he would have been on the field, would they have held the Patriots down? I don't think, it, I think the score would have been pretty much the same. Okay, I, I really do. I don't think it was going to make a difference. And if he missed a curfew or did something to cause him to not play, which pretty much has got to be the case, and again, I don't know, then I would say, you know, if if you're not willing to sacrifice some things, you probably don't deserve to play. So that being said, I think this game came down to what the Eagles season was all year long. And I think one thing I've learned in pro sports is whatever you are in preseason, everybody says, well, you got to dismiss the preseason. Well, if you don't convert thirds downs in the preseason – you're probably not going to you're not going to be a good third down team during the regular season. And the one thing about the Eagles this year that I think has been very uh, obvious is they've been unbelievably able to convert third and six or more. And that has held up through every single time and test and challenge and nobody's really had an answer for it. I mean they lost really two games all season. Uh, they lost to the, the Seattle in a game that I think really influenced this game tremendously tonight. Seattle's game was about, and I talked about this on Friday, they were going to play a much more uh, open game tonight because they felt like they weren't they, they weren't left-handed in Seattle. 
So that really did help them. And I think the Kansas City game was so early in the season. But this whole notion that they've been able to overcome, it's been remarkable, and it happens all the way through. So to me, I think that's the one flavor of the game that I, I would always get. And then I think the other thing is the Patriots are going to have to really do a lot of rebuilding. It's going to be a challenge for them to get back to pick some of these pieces because they're playing with guys, Eric, they're playing with guys, Lee, they're playing with guys who are getting off of the practice squad. They're not this, oh my gosh, talented defense. They're going to have to spend some money and fix it. And we know Tom Brady, uh, obviously, now 5-3 and three in Super Bowls. And uh, I, my, the silver lining, you're going to find the silver lining of everything, right? Well, LeBron James is 3-for-5. It's better to be 5-for-3. There you go. Then yeah. You can take that. But this one, this one, to me, was the one that was of, of those eight games, this is the one. Now, people say, well, they start. No, this is the one they never had control over game. Mm-hmm. They never really did. Like, you get 600 yards against your opponent and you lose – you know, that's it's not Tom. I mean, Tom Brady lost the ball, yeah, but there's there's three series in this game. They miss a field goal, they turn it over on downs, and a strip sack. Those three series are why they lost the game. And now, they never punted. Yep, they never, never punted. punted in the game, but yet they lose the turnover takeaway battle. Please, America, understand a missed field goal is a turnover. It has to be put up there. I know the announcers are never going to tell you this, right? I know they aren't. It's a turnover. And when you turn the ball over on downs, that is a turnover, too. Just because it happened on the fourth down doesn't mean it's not a turnover. There was no point or a punt or a change of field position, so that indicates a turnover. And I think this was the perfect example of a game where we have to start talking in a different language. You know, when I was driving over here at halftime, when I, we went to Tony Peace. We missed you at Tony Peace, by the way. Too. Hell of a crowd, mm-hmm. my lord. But anyway, uh, the uh, you know they talked about well the Eagles have you know they're just they they turned the ball over one time they're behind the turnover takeaway no. No, they were ahead two to one. And I think that's the nobody's going to talk about those turnovers, but that was really a key part of the game. And that's what GM Street's all about. We're going to keep the conversation going, keep, keep going. talking about, talk about the draft and all that stuff. Absolutely. And this has been the, the final edition of the 2017 2018 season Sunday Rapid Reactions. GM Street, Mike Lombardi, thank you so much. Thanks, Tate Frazier. Finding a dress shirt that fits is hard. Something is always off. Thankfully, ordering a custom shirt has never been easier with Proper Cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom size shirt in seconds by just answering 10 simple questions. Not to mention, you can choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles from classic to business to completely customize your shirt and to get the complete style you want. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only buy fabrics that meet their high quality expectations. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. This is the future of shirts. These shirts are made completely custom for you, starting at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash NFL today and enter code NFL to save $20 off your first shirt. Do it today. 